When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. Welcome back. And thanks for listening, I mean, to the Donna and Steve show featuring DJ Rock Hopster. Okay. Alrighty. This is so uh, fun. We're doing a, a a show show where we on this show watch a show. And that show is called Squid Game. This is a Korean drama thrillery kind of a show. It's hard to hard to sort of describe via genre. And this is huge in Korea, and now it's like number one on Netflix here in America. People are watching it. You can watch it with the English dub over the uh, the Korean language, or you can watch it with subtitles. And it's sort of a dystopian vibe. Hunger Games. People can win a lot of money. They choose a bunch of people who are really down on their luck, in debt to their eyeballs, who need or desperate for a way out. And that's who they entice to play this game called Squid Game. And Squid Game, by the way, is a real game from the childhood of a lot of these people in Korea where teams have to hop across. Is it a a squid-shaped court? Yes. Or a squid-shaped, yeah, I would say a court. And then they have to uh, tap the squid's head to win. (laughs) There's some hopping involved. Yeah, in it's like a chalk and... game, you know, that you would play like out on even a like a driveway. You could almost imagine those kids playing that as children. Um, let's just start with this. Donna, your thoughts on Squid Game? I hate it. Okay. I hate it. It's not even good enough to watch a second episode in that it's kind of campy, cheesy. The acting is very big. It's over the top. Yep. Yeah. It's just weird. The acting is weird. Now, the funny thing is Donna sent us a text last night. Now, she sent a couple of texts, but yes, the first text that she sent to uh, DJ Rock Lobster and me, she sent a picture of an earlier scene, and then she just took a little screen grab of it and said, I don't think so. And Rocco was really positive and said, you're trying. Yeah, she said, like, yawn. And then she said, yawn. If it were a one-off movie, maybe. And that was earlier when they... they, The first episode of Squid Game, they take a while to to get to some real drama. Yeah, the ending is where all the drama happens. She then sends us a picture later of the first game in the competition that was played, which was, uh, everybody knows the game, Red Light green light now she she switched in the text thread rocco did you notice to caps lock <laughs> no period and then uh we we left it there to find out what she thought what did you think when the game of red light green light started i i i 
it was so stressful. Mm-hmm. And the the way they make you feel where somebody is okay, so what happens is there's this giant mechanical doll at the front of this giant field of people. It's like a Truman show set. They're all enclosed, you know, it's like a place they can't get out of. Like they're in the Metrodome. Yeah. You know, think of it that way. And at the front of them is this giant doll. There's space in between the people and this giant doll who is facing away from them. And then she goes, green light. And then everybody runs up, runs up. And they stop before she says, red light. And when she turns around, her eyes are cameras. And she basically zones in on people who might still like wiggle a finger, might be moving. Which, as we all know from playing this game as children, you're out. You are eliminated from the game when that happens. So in that way, it was pretty fair, wouldn't you say? I would say yes, <laughs> but then they start killing the people who are still moving. So suddenly, abruptly, and then the hits just keep coming. So now the people who didn't know what was happening, of course, they're shocked and scared, and it's a lot easier not to freeze when she says red light. Right. Yeah, the so, same voice, too, that whole time. Yeah, and up until then, these people just think, oh, well, I'm getting a chance to win some money here. Oh, I'm lucky. Uh, yeah. I'm in debt. This is going to be great, and all i got to do is play this kid's right. game. Like, i got sharks after me. This mm-hmm. is a way to get that money. It's really disturbing. I don't like anything about it. I Did you get through the whole first episode? Yes. Okay, so you got to the end where they, they, they vote. Is it at the end of the first episode? No, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. They, they do a vote at the end of the first episode mm-hmm. to, de- is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to determine do we want to continue playing the game. Because if at any right. point the majority right. decides they don't want to play the game anymore, then they don't play the game and anymore. And these idiots basically want to continue to play because the money is so much more enticing to them than the thought of losing their life. It's And so so here the all nine episodes are out on Netflix. We won't spoil beyond this, but at the end of that first episode, they vote to end the game. And so then they leave the facility, and you you just wonder, where do things go from here? I'm through. I think we made it into the fifth episode. I fell asleep again because it was late. Really loving it, though. And um, did Donna watch well, with the subtitles or with the dub? The dub. Yeah, I did the dub, Well, that's too. why you said the acting was bad. Yeah. Rocco's just doing it with the, with the subtitles. I mixed and in I think some dub. And the dub I, is, is yeah, a lot. It's pretty dumb. Um, it, it, it's kind of jarring to see these people from Korea speak with like American accents. I don't even notice. Hello, mother. I am out of money. Yes. There are some weird scenes. There are scenes even in the last episode where we realized the English dub is saying something different, but kind of similar to what the subtitle is. So there's some stuff that's just kind of lost in translation. I just want to react or redact one thing. When I say I'm loving it, I'm not loving it. What I, I am, I am intrigued by it. And now midway through the series, this of these nine episodes, I just want to see how this ends. And let me just tell you, when you wonder where are they going to go from here, they take these children's games, but if the stakes are high enough for any game, we could flip a coin. And if I said, if it's tails, you die. Suddenly me flipping a coin is the most important, stressful thing ever. Episode four, they go in a different direction. And I thought, Oh, Oh, now this is going to happen. And this is a whole different kind of problem. All right. You go, you watch it. You tell me and our listeners all about it. 
I will just say I don't I don't like the stress. I don't like the stress of like if your friend gets shot and needs help, you're like, well, I can't help you can't. because I can't move because then I'll get shot. Correct. I don't like that. I don't think they do either. The contestants. <laughs> I think you're right. Um, anyway. I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to subject myself to this. That's totally worthy. Listen, this is a very off the beaten path show for me to watch. Do you like uh, Quentin Tarantino movies? No. Right. So, I mean, those movies are great, but they're super stressful. Yeah. yeah and they're super, super violent. And they are very artistic in the violence. There's something about it that seems perverted to me in that somebody is getting enjoyment from this. Yeah. And that grosses me out. Yeah. And that game maker, the guy who's behind it all. Who's he? Right. He seems to be enjoying it. Damn, speaking of games. Let's play one. (laughs) Uh, Nobody will die. Very low. Very low. We're probably giving away movie tickets. Call us now. 651-641-1071. Again, the number 651-641-1071. You can play the College of Pop Culture Knowledge with us next. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. It's Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. We ready to go? Let's, let's do, do it. it. All right, let's just do it. It's time to go to college. It's time to attend the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. It's like quiz ball. Three trivia questions to find out who's smarter. Donna. Donna's a smart one. Yes, or Steve. His brain ain't right, but it's fun. And here's your host. DJ Rock Lobster. Lobster. I want to see how smart you are. Yay. And there's a fourth person that's going to be part of this game. And if uh, she uh, picks the right player, the other person will die. They'll be shot by no, a No, no, no. Rock, a, a rock, no, 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 no. No. We're not, doing, we're not <laughs> okay. playing College of Pop Culture Knowledge <laughs> like Squid Game. Rocco, as our game maker... Might need to stop watching this show. Yep, yep. Uh, just to be clear, uh, no one's going to get shot, and uh, the only thing that's going to happen is the caller may or may not win a prize. That is uh, correct. The prize is a family four-pack of Fandango movie passes for Adam's family, too. Here comes Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. Great. Thank you. Hi. 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 Cheryl, we didn't even say how are you, but we like that you seem to be efficient with your time. You knew it was coming, and you gave us the info. All right, Cheryl. Okay, then. <laughs> okay. I think she's still there. Anyways. I'm t- here. I'm here. Okay, I didn't good. hear. Okay, good. The, um, you know, I, when I go and look at my list of BS national holidays, uh, it said it was National Poetry Day today. Great. Oh, great. Uh, yes. And then I looked around. It might not be. But um, I'm going to celebrate. <laughs> I'm going to ask you some questions about some pop culture things. In fact, these are all movies. Yeah. That, uh, you know, might have something to do with poetry, poems, poets, oh, something geez. like that. Okay. So, Cheryl, if you're still there, who do you think yes, knows I'm more here. about movies that have uh, something to do with poems, poetry, poets, that sort of stuff? Donna or Steve? Steve. Okay. Nice. I got to go. For, I got to go with Steve. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to be friends. Bye, Donna. Take a hike. Graham, get out of here. <laughs> Remember Cigarette? Um... Like dispensers, like like cigarette vending machines. You remember those things that you'd go into a restaurant and you put the money in, and then you had to pull out that knob, and it would dispense a pack of cigarettes. Does anybody remember those? I do. <laughs> Man, what a weird thing that was. You never see those anymore, and just what a bizarre time it was. All right, Rocco, that's all I had to say about cigarettes. Okay, um, cigarette talk is over. Cheryl's time is uh, over for the moment. And it's Steve's time now to answer some questions about uh, films having something to do with poetry. Okay. 
Like, for instance, can you tell me the 1989 film where Ethan Hawke and Josh Charles are students in the 50s at the fictional elite conservative Vermont boarding school, Welton Academy? What, what year? 1989. Uh, Dead Poets Society? Can you name either of the two musician stars of the 1993 movie Poetic Justice? Um, Janet Jackson. I just need one. All right, great. And what poet did John Cusack play in the 2012 film The Raven? He played Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I think it's Dead Poet Society. Ethan Hawke, was he in that? That'll be my question for Cheryl Barrel. Let's bring Cheryl back. All right, Barrel a laugh. Cheryl, what do you think? Is it Was Ethan Hawke in Dead Poet Society? I think so. All right, sweet. All right, I think the other ones are going to be good. I think we was, have Janet Jackson and Poetic Justice. Janet Jackson and Poetic Justice. Yes. Okay. And do you feel like John Cusack was Edgar Allan Poe in the film The Raven? I'm going to go with him. I know. I I I, I know that one. That's true. All okay. right. I'm going to go get Donna. Go oh no, Donna. you go get Donna. You go I get will. Donna. Okay. I'll talk with uh, Cheryl. Cheryl, where are you headed? Uh, headed next? What's going on on your Friday? What's next? Oh, I'm going down to see my daughter. Oh, how wonderful! Is she down south in Minnesota or in <laughs> Iowa? What are she we talking is. about? She's in Minnesota, but south. Oh, how wonderful. Well, shout out to Mankato and all of the surrounding regions. Come on in, Donna. Donna's just leisurely having a conversation <laughs> in the hall. Hey, welcome back, Donna. We need your energy. Yeah, here she it comes. Is. Woo-wee. Who'd you chat it up with in the uh, hall? Grant. I was just talking to Grant okay. about uh, Grant things. Is he your baby buddy, boo? He is my baby buddy, boo. Everyone, it's like uh, you're so vain. Everybody wants to know who (laughs) was she singing the song about. That's funny, Steve. All right, I'm ready. All right, ready. These are movies that have something to do with poetry, poems, poets, something like that. Uh, Including this first one. Can you tell me the 1989 film where Ethan Hawke and Josh Charles are students in the 50s at the fictional elite conservative Vermont boarding school? Welton Academy. I'm just going to say for now, Dead Poet Society. Can you name either of the two musician stars of the 1993 film Poetic Justice? Yes. Janet Jackson. Let's go. I just need one. Okay. And what poet did John Cusack play in the 2012 film The Raven? Uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, wow. Uh... That's all I know all right. about anything. Well, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to go to a tiebreaker. What? We both he... went three for three. No way. Yes, queen. Um, all right. I'm going to play a song. Oh, no. And the first line of the song, um, and Cheryl can play along, too. If you know the song, you can yell it out. The first line of the song is, um, she, uh, she's poetry in motion. Oh. Uh, Donna. Yeah. What do you want? Uh, the name of the song. Poetry in Motion. Uh, no, it's, uh, and it's by, uh... <laughs> Cheryl, do you know it? She blinded me with science, Donna. There it is. Donna got it. She's blinded me with science. But but as we've been doing all week, we are still going to give Cheryl the family four-pack of Fandango movie passes for Adam's Family 2. Which is getting good reviews. Yay, Cheryl. Hey, who sang that again? Thomas Dolby. There you go. Oh, man. 
She blinded me with science. Science. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, We're going to let Rocco get Cheryl's information, and then we've got a couple of songs that we want to tell you about. Yeah. In fact, maybe I'll just tell Cheryl to call me back, because i got to DJ the new songs, right? Yeah. Can Cheryl call back in five minutes? How about that, Cheryl? You want to call me back in a few? I can sure do that. Thank you very, very much. Cheryl, congratulations. Say hi to your daughter. I will. Thank you. Bye-bye. I know. Hey, good morning. Welcome back. Donna and Steve on my talk, 1071, Everything Entertainment. We are joined by DJ Rock Lobster, Clark, our Clark. producer. Uh, thanks. You're here for all three hours today. Lucky I us. Am. Whoop, whoop. Nice. Hey, uh, sushi for lunch today? I don't think so. No. Well, I'm not here. Not oh. in the no, there, but I'm going to go get sushi. Else. Oh, good for you. We're down at uh, Fresh Time or whatever? Yeah, I'll get it at Fresh Time. Fine. Okay. So you buy the prepackaged stuff? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. That's how you sushi roll. Oh, I made a little nice yeah, sushi joke. Oh that's gosh, fun. you like sushi, Donna? Yes. Thank you. For I don't sharing. know how to order. You know what I mean? It's like me at the Taco Bell drive-through. I don't know what I'm picking. I have to have someone pick it for me, like a crunchy roll or a tuna <laughs> thing or a you know. Have you done much international travel? No. Would you have any interest in it, or does it sort of make yes. you nervous? No, I absolutely do. If you could snap your fingers, Italy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Donna, for the opportunity to just sort of get to know you in that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, John Stewart is back. And he is on Apple TV with a new show called The Problem with John Stewart. It will air every other Thursday. Oh, that's a good, good on him. That's yeah. a good schedule. And each episode is going to center on one issue. Uh, it could be veterans' health. It could be gun violence. It could be threats to democracy. It could be—I don't know. It could—it could be anything. But he brings on a panel of "quote unquote" stakeholders affected by it. So in this first episode, um, he concentrated on veterans whose health coverage claims are being denied by the government after their exposure to uh, what's called burn pits. Mm. Where troops, um, they they were there was like jet fuel in these pits when they were serving, and it affected their health, whether it be asthma or I don't know more serious kinds of ailments. Sure. So it it's pretty serious. Oh, it's At heavy least, stuff. Sure. It, this first episode was very serious, very important stuff, I would say, but. Was he doing jokes? He Does he do his jokes. sort of comedic monologue thing? Does he come out and stand up and deliver a monologue? Does he go right behind the desk? He's behind the desk. Okay. And he does speak, and then he goes into whatever the topic is, and he and he makes fun of himself. He's very self-deprecating. Um, in this episode, he also showed his staff in a meeting talking about what he wants the show to be. Okay. We have, uh, it's a teaser trailer, so when you hear this, you get the vibe that it's going to be a really light-hearted show. Kick it. Tonight. So he's like walking, he's putting his watch on. What the hell happened to my face? He's <laughs> looking in the mirror. Guess who's back again? I bet they know as soon as we walk in. 
It's very, I mean, it was go very... back to a visual medium. <laughs> mm. I could have done a podcast. <laughs> could have done a podcast. I mean, yeah. the reviews have been kind of lackluster. How do you, how do you, I, how do you I, respond? I feel like I am not going to be a regular viewer of this show. Um, I, I think it ha- there's a place for it, of course, and I think it's the in- '90s. Yeah, maybe. But I think he is talking about important stuff. But he's also talking about stuff that may be presented on another news magazine format that's on one of the networks. Sure. Um, a lot of options. Or sixty out there. minutes, or yeah, he's interviewing people that can make change. And I think that's important. I just don't know if at the end of the day that's going to be what I go to. Sure. And maybe they need, you know, one of the headlines I just saw is it needs to find its footing. Maybe, yes. you know, maybe by episode three they'll be like, yep, this is, this is where we need to be and this is how it should go. Yeah. Very rarely does a show start out and the first six episodes look like the last six episodes. Right. You know, there's a lot of evolution that has to take place there. And, that, you know, to some extent, I'm sure it's listening to... Some feedback, although John Stewart, kind of like David Letterman, both in the bearded phases of their careers, yes, they both might just feel like we're going to do a show that we want to do. We've earned that, and uh, if you watch, great, and if you don't, it's okay. We're happy live without it. You know that's what Letterman does with his. My next guest needs no introduction. He does. It's not funny, Letterman, like we were used to from right. the Late Show. He's trying something different, and he probably. Feels gratified doing it. I think he likes having longer form conversations. And so, so too, John Stewart maybe likes the idea of getting away from a show that is so punchline laden and instead allows him to flex some other muscles and lean into conversations. You know, he really fought hard for yes, the 9 11 first responders. And he is in this first episode and speaking with some of them. So, that is, you can see that's a real passion play for him, right? I mean, he yes. really, really cares about it. And there's not a ton of room for. You know, humor. Exactly. And that kind of a topic. Absolutely. But maybe some other, I mean, you know, gun violence, that's not really going to lend itself too, too nicely to it. But you're right. Maybe, maybe it finds a little footing. Yeah. We'll what, see. it can't find footing anymore? Anyway, it's called The Problem with Jon Stewart, and it is on Apple TV+. Plus. Okay, in other TV news, Judge Judy is back. Uh, she will be on Amazon Prime and the name of the show is Ju- uh, Judy Justice. Okay. And it will premiere. Is this just the same what? show with a different name? That is correct. Okay. It'll premiere on November 1st with new episodes weekly, uh, just like Judge Judy and Daytime Syndication. And I guess this is going to be um, obviously a reality court program. Doesn't she have like a billion dollars? Yes, in she the does. Bank? Take a break. But she also lady. has passion, Rocco. If I had that much money in the bank, you would not see me on the Donna and Steve show anymore. Oh, my Even gosh. Even though I have passion for this medium. Anyways. You, you could d- right. way less than than that money. If if I had $5 million, someone <laughs> gave me a $5 million check right now, and I had to set aside $2 million for taxes, um, you, you guys would only see a spinning chair here right now. Judge Judy. Uh, I think her granddaughter is in this because her, uh, her granddaughter is a, a law clerk. So she's part of this. They've got a bailiff, a court stenographer, blah, blah, blah. Let's uh, yeah. take a little listen to the trailer before you we go to talk, break. I finish. That's the rule. Yeah, girl. 
Judy Justice is a really exciting new adventure that gives me an opportunity to come into streaming while producing a whole different kind of court show. Try to begin with the truth. That's always the easiest thing to begin with. She's wearing a purple robe. For the last 25 years. Now I have a new team. My law clerk happens to be my granddaughter. A law clerk does whatever the judge asks them to do. Sarah is wired like I am. She's oh. a little snarky. I like that. What is this? It's the same program. It's just her <laughs> she, hair is in a ponytail now. And she has a, a burgundy robe. Yes. Yes, yes. Well, listen, uh, I linked up if you want to see the whole trailer. It's on the Don and Steve Show Links page. You can watch it. And it's a total reimagining of the of exactly the same thing. Yeah. But hey, get it, Judge get Judy. It. People are going to watch. They love you. We love you. You get paid. You get paid.